Welcome to the All In Your Head podcast, where we get all in your head. We are a mental health podcast focused on anything and everything mental health. We will have special guests ranging from mental health experts, mental health advocates, and just everyday people with real struggles. We will share laughs, we will share cries, but most importantly, we will have real conversations about mental health. So with that being said, let's get all in your head. Woohoo! My podcasts have just kind of a soft intro. It's not, you know, it's not, hey, welcome to, you know, I'm doing any of that gimmicky stuff. So, but I do want to introduce you and kind of talk about my model real quick and how this conversation fits in to this performance series. And so I created what's called Aspire Performance and it's Aspire and it has different elements. At the bottom is physical health, environment, security, mental health, and then we get to relationships, which is defined by developing in maintaining, satisfying, and fulfilling connections. And as you know, part of those connections that many of us have is with our kids and trying to raise them the best that we can and having good parenting skills and all that. So that's why we're having the conversation today. Thanks for being with us. And if you can just quickly introduce yourself and, and what you do. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I am Carl Johnson of CJ Behavior Coaching and Consulting. I go by CJ and I have been working with parents for over 25 years, parents, foster parents, uh, working and helping them work through some difficult and challenging behaviors and helping them with some tools. Yeah. And I have known you for a long time and I have seen you in action with some difficult situations. And so I know you certainly have a impressive skill set. So as it relates to parenting and just working with kids in general, what's your model, your approach, your lens of parenting? So my approach is uh, when I'm working with parents, I, I, I kind of follow the PCIT model, parent child interaction training, which I am, was a trainer um, back in the days. And so working on, I teach a very therapeutic model, a very therapeutic approach to, to behaviors and recognizing things that kids are doing positive and the things that are concerning, um, just coming at it in a very therapeutic way. I'm a big fan of parent-child interaction training. And I think I went through some of the same training that you went through years ago Yes, with, with Gus Diamond. Yes. He, he's a he's an expert and a legend in the field of parenting. And I know he's, he's certainly taught me a lot. And I still use the pride method uh, even today in, yes. in working with families. So it certainly can be beneficial and helpful. And I talk a lot with families just about having time in and how important time in it is. And the more time in you have with your kids, the less time outs you'll have because you're connected. They're learning that if they want to get your attention, it's through appropriate behaviors and they don't have to act out to get our attention. And even that just goes a long way with parents. I agree. It's a very, very helpful model that I use to this day. 19, we're about 20 something years. I've learned that model and still use those tools today when I do my coaching and, and, and training. Yeah. And we don't need to talk about our age, but we've been around for a while. So that means we've got, we've got some experience. Mm-hmm. And so you're out there and, and you're working with families. And I know that you're also working with families from different cultural backgrounds and social economic backgrounds. And so you have diversity of experiences. And so what are some of the trends that you're seeing right now in your work with families? Uh, some of the trends I'm seeing right now and working with the families in the work that I do with um, helping with behaviors is. Ooh. Look, being in the behavior health space 
I know how frustrating it can be to not know the current status of your insurance reimbursements or even how much you will get reimbursed. Illuminate Billing Advocates is championing better behavior health billing through their tools like their dashboard that provide full transparency into your claim cycle. Check out more at illuminatebilling.com. I'm seeing a trend of more taking things away from mm. kids as a form of uh, getting the behaviors back on track or to uh, to stopping behaviors. I'm seeing a lot of parents who feel like taking video games away and phones and things like that and, and toys away is kind of a go-to for a lot of families that I, that I've seen and, and working with. So I see the trend going that way. Yeah. Um, I've also seen from that trend, those behaviors typically get worse. Mm. Um, they don't, they don't really improve. They actually get worse um, with, you know, with those uh, ways of responding to them. So that's the trend that I see in just one aspect of what I do. Yeah. And we all do it, right? We all take things away from our kids and that is a strategy, right? But if it's your only strategy, if it's a birthday and you're thinking about what to buy your kid, just based on what you can take away from them, then uh, you probably need to add to your repertoire of interventions because you do. And I have seen it where families get to a point where they have literally stripped the kid of everything in their room. They, They have nothing. They have nothing. Right. They have no get more games. They have, you know, sometimes they're even taking away clothes and the behavior is still continuing. And so if you've already taken everything away and the behavior is still continuing, what do you do next? Right. So that can be the only strategy. Yeah. So just like the trend of um, not using different tools that maybe the parents have learned or are available to them and just pretty much going using one or a few tools for everything, like a one size fits all thing. Is kind of a trend I've seen at at times. What works for one kid or one family is not going to work for another family, right? And right. sometimes you can't just can't just work harder. You can't just keep doing the same thing more often. You have to change something, do something a little differently. I agree because sometimes you're working. You're thinking you're working towards a goal as a parent, and it is a is a challenge for for all of us as parents. Um, but if you think you're working hard towards something, and you just it gets frustrating when you don't see the end that you thought you were going to see. And and sometimes it's just uh, maybe not looking at the tools that, that that are being used is maybe that might be possibly uh, one of the issues. So that's a trend. And I think that also bleeds into the next conversation that I was going to have with you around pitfalls. Just for the listeners, too, I want to make this very clear that oftentimes, CJ, when you're getting involved, the behaviors are out of control and it's been happening for a long time, right? And so Correct. you're probably dealing with a lot of desperate parents. Most parents want to do a good job and care about their kids and and, and want them to, to be successful and, and healthy uh, individuals. So most parents want the same thing, just that not every parent has the skills to to move in that direction, And they're but they're trying. And, and sometimes that trying is taking things away because that's what they've learned that's what they know. That's a, a trend, but also sounds like a pitfall that you're talking about that a lot of parents are getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, there's there's lots of different pitfalls, and they're very easy for again as as a parent myself. It's easy for you to fall into these pitfalls, and one of them might be uh, sometimes choosing. Again, you you mentioned that Jamie. Usually, when I'm involved, it's usually it's to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in a lot of homes that I work with, it's to the extreme. So one of the pitfalls I find is uh, uh, parents feeling like, well, well, the louder I get, mm. uh, maybe that'll be the thing that will make it make the behavior stop. 
or make them stop doing what they're doing. And that actually actually causes more of, of, of the, the behaviors because what happens is sometimes is when parents begin to become louder, it can be very frightening to a child. Mm-hmm. And when you are very frightened, when, when kids are frightened, when you're around an adult who's, who's yelling, sometimes you, be, to a child, you become unpredictable. Mm. And when you become unpredictable, a child is like, okay, so what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? Is there going to be more? Mm-hmm. And also what I found is sometimes that the safe person for that child is that parent. But if you're the safe person for that child and you're the one yelling, like, who do they turn to now at that time? Because they might be afraid because, you know, the, sometimes it's the louder voice is the one who wins. And that that's just a pitfall that sometimes parents who are overwhelmed and frustrated, sometimes uh, they go to that. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about is how parents are working towards getting compliance from their kids. And part of that is taking things away. Part of that is yelling, um, you know, being real directive. And, you know, we're also dealing with a lot of emotions and frustration. So to a certain extent, you you get like you get you get the feeling of it. Like you get we've all been there as parents where we're just so frustrated because we want our kids to make the right decisions, but they're not. And you know, that happens in many households, maybe once or twice a week, but there are some households and, and, and probably the ones that you're working with, CJ, and ones that I've worked with as well, that that oh, happens every single head. day. Like, ooh, ooh. I don't know if you've ever had the experience. I know how I have when you just walk into a house, you just feel the tension, like you just feel it in the air. Yes. And, you know, this isn't a, a household where like generally things are going okay. We just need to work on a few things, improve our relationship. It's like, World War Three up in there. I'm sure you've you've experienced some of those houses, right? Yes, I, I, I've definitely experienced some of those situations, and it's like I get Jen, talking about feeling attention. I have felt attention in the houses, but I also understand from a, a, a parent perspective is that I can tell this has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And for a parent, you just want it to go away. You just want it to stop, and you're looking for something to help because you're 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 overwhelmed yourself. And unfortunately, sometimes when you raise your voice, it just causes uh, more overwhelm. And then another pitfall that I see is uh, sometimes parents may see something that another parent is doing for their child mm-hmm. and try the same thing in their household and and find out that that one size doesn't fit all. And what's working for another parent and a child may not work for you. Um, and this is just a parent, you know, and I understand searching for tools, searching for a way. And so they may be talking to a friend who uses a particular technique. And so they go, well, you know what? It works for her and her child. So I'm going to use it for me because maybe I just don't know anything else to do. So I'm going to use that. And then that can be a pitfall as well, because now you're using a tool that you don't know how to use. It might not be as effective. It might be punitive, but again, that's, that's for that person's child that may not work for your child. Yeah, and that's got to feel pretty hopeless to to pull someone else's technique that's worked for them and try it out on your own kid and, and have it not work. I mean, I would imagine how you'd feel. You'd start to maybe even blame, like, well, maybe there's just something wrong with me or something that's wrong with my kid, and that's why it's not working because it's worked, worked for other families, so there must be something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. The other one, Jamie, I would say is um, a pitfall of – quite often, like with consequences, uh, one thing I see is sometimes parents will give consequences that are not related to the issue. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and sometimes we'll wonder, well, how this hasn't 
and changed. An example would be uh, sometimes I'm working with uh, parents of teens who have a curfew, so they don't come back. They come back an hour later from curfew. So the response or the consequence from the parent is to maybe take away video games. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, hey, it doesn't seem that's not that's not working for me. And I'm like, well, one of the reasons why it might be working because it's not related to coming home late and being responsible. It's something else that you took away or a privilege or whatever. And so I think sometimes parents get frustrated and say, well, I'm going to take away the thing that matters the most to mm-hmm. them yeah. and not the thing that's related to the behavior that they're seeing. Yeah, like that sounds like what you're talking about is natural and logical consequences, right? And and I like natural and logical consequences because part of what we're doing is teaching our young people to become adults. And when you're an adult, there's a lot of natural and logical consequences that we deal with every single day. If I stop going to work, you know, I'm going to lose my job. If I'm speeding, I may get a ticket. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in the environment. It logically or naturally makes sense based on our behaviors. And so if we can start to teach our kids that, that, hey, if you do this behavior, this is probably what's going to come your way, uh, both positive and negative, that's part of shaping their behaviors. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some tools, right? And you know, I want our listeners to be able to walk away with, even if it's just little things that make a big difference. Or when you're working with a the family, these are some ways that you start off in working with them. Because I think we've done a good job identifying the problem. And I think most families are their own expert. They know what their problems are, right? Like we don't we we're not gonna go into a family's household and say, hey, this is your problem, because they're they're looking at the hole in the wall already. They know what the problem is, right? right? So right. so what are some helpful tools that you think generally help most families? A lot of tools I think generally help most families that, that I teach and I use is first is trying to do more of being available to listen Mm -hmm. to their stories and their day and connection. Connection is so very, very important. And you might have a child. um, Sometimes I have a a child in the home who's not very talkative. And one of the reasons it he or she may not be as talkative as possibly maybe they feel like their parent is not as available to -hmm. hear how their day went or what's going on or how they feel and so spending more time, you know, listening to them and being available to connect with them is is huge. It's huge because it, it, it makes a, a child feel like their world is important. And though as parents, we all have these external things going on with us. Yeah. But if we can spend more time listening to our kids and I mean, listening and, and with a non-judgmental ear and mm-hmm. allowing them to tell you their story from their lens and how they see things and letting that be okay, you'd be amazed how children will start to talk to you more when they feel like they're being heard fully without uh, without judgment. Yeah, I'm glad you added that without judgment part because as parents, we oftentimes will, they'll tell us a 10 minute story, and but there's like one small piece of it that we just wanna like correct them on or give give them advice or, or even condemn a certain behavior. And that can just ruin the whole conversation, right? Like not to say there isn't times to, to correct or, or to give advice on certain behaviors, but this is an opportunity for you to be checked in and to listen to your child and, and build that relationship and build that connection, especially families where there's a lot of conflict, where if all your conversations are conflictual, what's naturally going to happen? You're just going to stop talking to each other. Like, 
who wants to talk to someone that every time you have that have a conversation with that person, you just feel crappy afterwards, right? Like you won't continue to do that unless you're stuck in an abusive cycle, which some families do as well. That's not a desirable type conversation. And so what you're saying is listen to their story, uh, connect and and use a non-judgmental ear some of the time. And that's a way you can kind of connect, mm-hmm. build a relationship, build rapport, which is, is really just setting that foundation of your relationship with your with your child. If you have a good foundation of a relationship, when you do have to to redirect to provide instruction, mm-hmm. it's received a lot better. But in these families with high levels of conflict, all they do is have conflict. And so the, the relationship is something that sometimes needs to be restored first. And then um, the other thing that I work on with parents is a parenting style and how they see their parenting style. And we go over their parenting style and knowing your parenting style and being aware of why that's your parenting style. It has to be with experiences, the past, your upbringing, your current situation as a parent right now that has a lot to do with your why to your to the behaviors that you're seeing in your child and so when you know your parenting style and more self-aware it explains more of your why and once Mm -hmm. as a parent when you can figure out your whys of why maybe certain behaviors that your child does maybe bother you or upset you more than others well there's a reason to that and and it can be very helpful for any parent to know well why does that upset me so much or why does that particular thing bother me so much it can actually be very, very freeing for you to understand, well, maybe this is because this comes from a very different place mm-hmm. or the past or some other situation that really doesn't have a lot to do with your child, but maybe your upbringing. Because then your response to those behaviors have a lot to do with your past. Mm-hmm. And so when you know your whys um, and you have someone, um, a behavior coach like myself, I'm going to help you learn your child's whys both sides are saying, okay, so this is why this is going on. But knowing your background is very helpful for a parent. It can be maybe hard to to, to hear those things or to, to accept those things, but mm-hmm. there's a reason for your behaviors and your child's behavior. So self-awareness is absolutely key. Yeah, I really like that. And I, I like the why on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. And why am I parenting the way that I'm parenting? And where's that coming from? What are my triggers? And then also asking why is my kid doing what they're doing and you know i don't think we do that enough i think that we make assumptions right they're they're doing this just to be defined or they're just trying to get on our nerves or you know they're going down this path or that path but truly kind of stepping back taking a moment and trying to really identify the why can go a long way and then we come from a place of of curiosity instead of a place of judgment what else cj is there anything else that you think it would be helpful for parents to know I think parents should know that parenting isn't easy. It's not easy for anyone. Yeah. It may it may look a little easy for some, but it's a it's a journey, and it's a it's not a destination. It's something that's a it's ongoing, and do the best that you can with the tools that you have, and then when you can, get more tools. Yeah, that's really great. And and CJ, thanks for taking the time with us and giving us some of those tools. I'm sure you've got a lot more. How can people find out more about you and the services that you offer? Email me at cjempowersparents at gmail.com. I am also on Instagram at cjempowersparents. I am on Facebook as well, CJ Behavior Coaching and Consulting, LLC. And you can find me on my website at 
www.cjempowers.com. Awesome. And CJ, where do you provide most of your services? Most of my services um, in Arizona, but I also provide uh, support through Zoom and the video uh, sessions with parents and, and, and caregivers who are all around the country. People who are in Arizona, they can access your services in Arizona. I can vouch for you and the services that you offer because you've you've done it all, you've seen it all. And so if you know you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, CJ hasn't worked with this in my type of family um, because <laughs> our our problems are just too too big. But I will say that CJ and knowing the work that you've done, you you've seen it all. And so you're probably not going to be too surprised or shocked or, or certainly not judgmental when you walk into the house. But I will say too, no problem is too small or big, right? Because sometimes families don't seek help because they're like, oh, well, we're not as bad as those families. You know, we've got some issues that we need to work through, but mm-hmm. but it's not these worst case scenarios. All families can use guidance and, and use help. And I will tell people, don't wait, don't wait until it's really bad, right? Let's be preventative too. And I think that's a an, an issue that we struggle with in this space is that oftentimes we wait until like, we want to give up. We're like, all right, this is kind of a last ditch effort. I'm going to reach out and try to get help. Don't wait that long when you start to see some signs. Or even if you just like, hey, let me just bring in an expert, run some things by him, just do kind of a check on my own parenting styles and techniques and maybe learn a few things. Do that too. Don't wait until things are chaotic and stressful and a lot of damage has been done. Well, CJ, Thank you for all the work that you're doing out there. I know you're helping a lot of families. If people want to reach out, you have the contact information. It'll also be in the show notes. Thanks for spending a little time to be on the podcast. Okay, thank you. You have just listened to the All In Your Head podcast. Learn more by following Jamie Glick on LinkedIn or by subscribing to the Mental Health Training Camp YouTube channel. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call now or text 988 to get connected to free confidential support. Thanks for listening.